Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. Hello. Welcome back. hey hey Hey. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How you doing? I'm great. How's your week been? How has my week been? Good. It's been great. <laughs> isn't that what? Isn't that what I'm supposed to say? Uh, fine. Fine. Yeah, good. My week's been fine. I'm good. Yeah. Four letter church words. I don't even want to talk about my week right now. All right. Fair we enough. We still have Mary Beth in we front of us, do. and man, what a powerful episode! If you, yeah. if you have not, are we going to condemn people? No, like we have in no, other episodes, we're not, we're not no, we're not going to shame people. Not, people. Listening, <laughs> but if you Without have, shame. if you have not listened to episode one of Mary Beth's story, please yeah, stop, go back, go back and listen to it, and we're just going to continue on the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, powerful, really powerful powerful stuff. Yeah. Very uh, intense testimony, but a beautiful testimony of God's goodness and His mercy, yeah. and how He can transform lives. So, Mary Beth, welcome back. Yeah, hi. Hey. Good to be here again. Yes, Good. yes. <laughs> been, been a whole week since we've yeah. seen you. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. yeah. Again, just thanks for uh, you know what you shared last week. I I want to. I just want to start off, um, kind of express what that feels like, or or what that transformation was for you, from all of the hurt and yeah. all of the darkness. And every all of your life experience, be it in what you saw or believed Christianity to be, um, to all of uh, just the evil that had taken place in your life, to to now into walking through healing, um, when especially when it comes to when did you experience and understand you, Mary Beth McClure, having value and worth. Like how mm. does that make sense? Like yeah, how 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 would you talk through that? Yeah, because uh, before coming into the program, like I talked about last week, I obviously didn't have much value for my life or myself. Mm. But I started out while in the program. It was mainly just surrounding myself with real Christians, like the people that God wants us to be, the loving the forgiving, the grace-giving people, the kind that we strive to be like, like surrounding myself mm. with them. I mean, granted, I was in a program, so I was obviously <laughs> surrounded by them. Forced but, surrounding. <laughs> but we can still do that in small degrees, mm. and it'll build up over time. Um, so that opened my eyes. And I started out with asking for an extra journal at the house. I remember the house lady asked, why do you need an extra one? Because I already give you one. I said, well, I was I was embarrassed, actually. And I whispered it to her. I said, I want to write letters of God. And she's all excited because it's before I became a Christian. And she's like, oh, don't worry. You don't have to pay for it. We'll get you one. They picked out a real big, pretty one. <laughs> she was all excited for it. And so my first letter, I should have brought that with me. But my first letter, um, I said, hey, Sky Daddy, if you're real. Sky I Daddy, I, I love that. that. I love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny, so I yeah. was trying to make a joke out of it, but I was very angry at him. Yeah. And my first letter is full of anger. Yeah. Mm. And I yelled at him, and I wrote in all caps, and I cussed at him, and I was yeah. so angry. And that's okay. God wants you to talk like a friend. 
if you're angry at him, talk angry at him. And I love that. So I started instead of Sky Daddy. <laughs> I started being, hey, dude. Yeah. Because I didn't like the formal stuff. Yeah. I, it was too formal growing up, prayer in the church I grew up in. So I didn't want to relate to that again. So I started with, hey, dude. Started talking about stuff. And then I started dropping in some prayer requests. Like, if you're real, you know, mm. watch out for these girls. Or do this or that or something, you know, just be with so-and-so. Mostly just praying for the women in the house and stuff. And then I was asking more questions. And I was just talking to him like a friend. Like, hey, you know, I was able to calmly be like, why did this happen? You know, you let me go through some crap. But I said a cuss word. And then I was like, oh, I guess you don't want me to be cussing. Sorry. Like, I'm just writing all this out. <laughs> and like, I'm talking to someone. Sure. Yeah. And I think that was so therapeutic for me. Yeah. And it was so healing. Yeah. Um, and I would recommend that for a lot of people. Like, write letters of God. And he's your best friend. Mm. And he's a dude talking to you. He's just another bro that's got your best interest at heart, loves you more than we can ever imagine. Wow. And so the transformation in my letters came, which is really cool. I still have it and write to him. Okay. I was, so I was, really, I was wondering if you still yes. do that. That's awesome. It's really cool to see the transformation from the beginning because I've never ripped out any pages to where I am now. Yeah. Um, and... I was writing to him the night at the burn when I gave my life to him. And I was like, man, I, you know, I'm feeling this type of way and that type of way. And, um, there's a part in the new Testament where it talks about, oh, I'm going to butcher the name. Cause I think he's only mentioned briefly there, but he brings one of the disciples to meet Jesus. Do you remember the name of that one? I don't know, but Jesus was in Nathaniel town and, Jesus, was, the disciple was sitting under the tree. Do you oh, remember yeah, the guy yeah. where Jesus was um, like, I saw you sitting under oh the tree? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Was it? No. I know. who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathaniel I think it was Nathaniel. Nathaniel? Yeah. Might yeah, be. I saw you before. Yeah, yeah, I saw you went, under the, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went and grabbed this guy and brought yeah. him to Jesus. Jesus was like, hey, I already saw you before yeah. you came to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe this guy, the one that walked me to Jesus at night, maybe he is, you know, this person for me. Mm -hmm. He walked, he grabbed my hand literally and led me to you. Um, and since then I was working on, I mean, just that hope you get right away that brought a lot of healing and I was working on bettering myself, but I knew I couldn't do it without God. So I would wake up early before work every day and I would dig into my devotions and my devotions. I have a devotional book I read for women and I also added a celebrate recovery devotional. They have those out there. They're really yeah. great. If anyone's yeah. interested, I added that to my morning routine and then i read parts of the new testament and i read parts of the old testament um i try to go through a book at a time you know just focus on one at a time so i just really dove into my devotions and highlighting and colored penciling and and taking notes and writing down questions i have and asking them to people like they had resources in the program where we had biblical counselors so i was able to ask them a lot of questions i would ask the cool. staff a lot of questions uh, which is great now because now when new girls come in the program and they have a lot of questions about God, they're like, ask Mary Beth. She already asked a thousand. <laughs> 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 so it works out. But you feel this hope from God and it makes you feel like a part of something bigger. And getting involved with the church family makes you feel like a part of something bigger. And I guess 
Family is a good word for it. That's mm. just, it's so important. I was such a loner and I self-isolated before. But with God, I have this family now that loves me and supports me and I love them and support them back. And you need that to thrive. You need community because they want what's best for you. Yeah, wow. Wow, well said. I, I hear I hear your, as you talk about your journal and how you talk to God, which I agree is, is very um, just talking the way that we would talk and, and recognizing that Psalms, David was you know, like, how long am I, yeah. where are you? And, Why are all my enemies prospering? And, ah! <laughs> and then on the other side, how I, yeah. how I love you yeah. and, and the reality of life. But what I, what I heard is, is you went from the world had created a hard heart inside of you. And I'm sure reading that journal and the way you, the way you describe, hey, Sky Daddy, to hey, dude, yeah. to... It's hey, God, now. Hey, so, God. Yeah. So it's the softening of your heart as he's transformed, you know, and which is scripture, you know, all throughout scripture of just the softening of the heart that's taken place in you is really, really, is really, really encouraging and, and cool to see and be able to look back in those times that are hard and to recognize through your journal and your prayer life, like how he has what he really does in people's lives. Yeah. And he'll speak to you through your word. That's how I came to know a lot of stuff. A lot of my questions I had in my prayers to him were answered in the Bible or the, or at least in the Bible, you can find comfort. Even if you don't get a direct answer, there's always something in there for you is what I've learned. And there's always something for no matter where you're at, at that point in your life. Hmm. And I'm and I'm glad you I'm glad you haven't gotten rid of those earlier entries. Yeah, you know uh, when that was something, and, I, and I've shared. I'm not, we're not going to take a lot of time to talk about this because I've shared about this on on the podcast before. But I know a huge a huge part of of my uh, recovery has been recognizing and giving space for what whether it's misguided, misdeserved, whatever. Right before that anger that I have, where I. In my misunderstanding, in my mm. setting up expectations, uh, in my holding God to a standard that he didn't set, right? Mm -hmm. But in my feeling disappointed and let down. And the great news about that journey is like, first off, God can handle it, right? Yes. I think we're, we're, we're so scared of like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say I'm mad at God because, well, you can't, you're not supposed to say that, right? Like, he's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, we're so scared of that. And we forget that, like, first off, he can handle it. I mean, he literally went to the cross for that, for that, uh, that anger that we feel. And not only that, but, like, all roads do lead back to him, right? Like, he'll always mm -hmm. journey us in, in, this, in this process of the end of it always is us seeing that he is good. I'm glad you said that that way because that's, as I write, I'm starting to recognize that Every time I yeah. write something, it's, it's, here's what's going on. Yeah. This is difficult. This is frustrating, whether it's towards him yeah. or just life yeah. in general, but it always like he brings our hearts and our minds back to by the end of my writing, it's like there's a prayer or there's yeah. a, a reminder, a recognition of who he is and his goodness and, and his mercy. And we can be so religious and, and Mary Beth, I don't know, I don't know if this was a, a, a holdover from your childhood and the, the church environment that you grew up in, right? But like I don't know if you experienced this in your process, but a lot of people do of like it's like 
we're so religious and self-righteous and like yeah. we can't say those things we can't go through that process like that's just wrong but i no, not at all like look at the way peter interacted with with god or with jesus when he walked the earth look at the way the mm -hmm. disciples and like jesus made room for that and led them every time into truth and truth is god is good and loving always yeah. Yeah. yes so yeah i'm i'm that's cool that's cool i hope uh yeah well, next time, bring bring the letter. Yeah, I will. <laughs> we'll we'll, bleep, we'll bleep out what we need to. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the one of the really um, one of the really I mean, your your whole your whole story is powerful. But one of the really powerful things, and I know how much it means to you, is is your struggle and journey through like struggling with suicidal thoughts, suicidal actions, and mm -hmm. and and coming out in this in this place of like of health and, and, and prospering now in that. Um, can I, can I, can I ask a, can I ask a really personal question? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you still feel like you struggle with that? Like, let's say it's a bad day or something like, is that still something you struggle through? Um, if I'm too, if I'm getting too personal, you just tell me to shut it, but no, that's right. fine. Yeah. I, I like being an open book to yeah. try to help others. Yeah. Um, but I have found that, I still have what I consider bouts of just depression. Yeah. <clears throat> but sometimes when something in my life doesn't work out my way, and it normally involves my kids, it focuses on I don't have full custody of my kids. Yeah. And I had one moment since being out of the program where I was having a really bad depressive day, and I wasn't exactly suicidal, but the thought did cross my mind, kind of like the in one ear out the other. Yeah. It didn't stay and linger, thankfully, yeah. but it did cross through my mind. Like, look at you. You're worthless. Mm -hmm. Like, you're nothing. Why, why are you even bothering? What's the point to life? And then I was like, no, no, there's a point to life. And I started reading my books. And sometimes the Bible isn't something I want to open up and read right, right away. But I have some other faith-based books or even my devotionals that I'll just open up to a random page and I'll just start reading. And that helps distract my mind and get me back on a, on a better path. It's not going to wipe away my depression. Yeah. It's not going to make me suddenly happy, you know, but it helps you not linger in those darkness moments. Hmm. Ah, that's powerful. I think, I think part of the struggle is, is like thinking, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it, of like, all right, I'm past this. I'm never, never going to, never going to have another depressive thought or another suicidal thought or another, what, another temptation or another whatever. Again, like I'm good now. I met Jesus. Yeah. Right? I think some of us, like we struggle with that and we forget like the process of coming out of that. And, you know, I don't know whether it's, you know, m brain memory or, you know, thought patterns or whatever, like that stuff still, like we still have to walk through that. And walk through it in a healthy way. Yes. Sometimes during my depressive episodes, I do still ask God, why do I deal with this? Yeah. Like, why couldn't you have taken it from me? Because I know he has What's, the power is, to do what that. Is he, what does he say? Because <laughs> I have to say <laughs> I, The feeling I get from it is when I open my Bible and I find different stories is that I'm still going through stuff because it can still help others. Wow. That's a really, I mean, yeah. as our, as this whole, you know, our, we created this podcast to talk about humility and like that, what an ultimate way to, 
to walk a life of humility is whatever I, whatever you have, you know, experienced in engaged in whatever you still are walking through, you know, I think that's all, all three of us sitting here to be vulnerable enough to share that so that it would be a help to others, not as a boohoo to me or look, I got it all figured out, but like, Hey, this is hard and we need Jesus. And when we can do this together in community, as you talked about, like that's, that's the best way because that's the way he's allowed us, you know, that that's, that's, that's where we are. Like we haven't met him yet. So we're still going to walk through this. And, and I think to ignore or devalue the, the importance of how he's growing us and building our character in these times where we still do struggle. Like Chris, Mm -hmm. I know, you know, you've shared on the, on the, you know, on the podcast, times when you've been in a dark place. And, and I know in, in my life experience in the last several years, you know, there have been times of darkness and, and suicidal thoughts and is all this worth it? And, um, and I think all three of us could sit here and go, we need Jesus, but we also may need medication. Yep. We also may need a therapist. We also may need to talk to somebody like we, but that comes from a place of being honest being vulnerable and desiring to be healthy and, and continue to be changed. And so, you know, what, I know you've shared, what, what does that look like through your process? You're in recovery, you're in community, people are pointing you to Jesus, like counseling, therapy, medication, like what's that look like? I mean, not specific. What medications are you taking right now? <laughs> Let me list them off. I'm on board. List your prescriptions, please. No, but just like, what is, what, what's your thought on, on the necessity of that, or people that say you just need to pray it out, or you know things like that. What, what's your, what's your opinion? Um, just pray it out. That has frustrated me at times. Yeah. When people with good intentions, they, sure. they might really sincerely have good intentions. And they'll be like, have you prayed about it? And I'll get so frustrated because it's during <laughs> one of my like stressful moments. And someone will come back to me. And I know it's good intentions. But I'm just like, sure. no, what's God going to do? I need hmm. the answer right now. Like, I just, I, I'm impatient. But, uh, yeah, being in recovery has been learning a lot of patience. And mm-hmm. God is good at patience. And... I've learned to not ask for patience because then he might give you <laughs> moments to test your patience. So, Amen, sister. <laughs> but, so I just ask him to, to help me during certain moments or to bring me some peace and, and all that. But being out on my own from the program, because you don't have that structure anymore. Mm. You don't have people like, sure. not that they make you do stuff, but they almost kind of make you do stuff that, are, that is good for you. So when you're on your own, you got that free will now free reign to just like collapse if you want. But for me, I recognize that on top of God, that there are people out there to help you. And even if you don't want to go to normal therapy, there is biblical counseling out there. And it's not just for, I didn't know what biblical counseling was for before. I was like, why do I need to learn more about the Bible? I was raised with it, like beating my head. I don't need to know all these stories again, but they'll be your therapist but they'll just have a godly perspective on stuff and they'll help guide you with that walk instead of, you know, an agnostic walking you, which I think is still important. You can still get good stuff from a normal therapist that doesn't, isn't faith-based. Mine currently is not faith-based. We have not 
talked about religion in there. Like I've told my story, but she hasn't pressed, you know, her sure. side one way or the other, which is fine. Maybe that's how it's supposed to be in the office. Um, but you can still get good help from them. So for me, I take medications and we're messing with my meds right now. Some of the dosage, we're lowering it. My plan right now actually is to lower down to try to wean off of some of them for sure. And one of them, the main important one that hits my depression, I would like to try to wean off of that one and see how I do. But I'm waiting until I get some more steps done mm. before I do that. Because these medications, even if they're just temporary, they are to help you so you can get more steps done. You can get yourself better so that you can be better prepared to handle your mind, to battle your mind, to battle the demon when he comes up. So, and sometimes you might need them all, all your life. And that's a very real possibility for me too. Like BPD doesn't go away. A borderline personality disorder, it's always going to be there. But there's different therapy that people with BPD can do that helps us regulate our emotions better. And that's what I'm focusing on, some DBT therapy. I recently got a life coach on top of everything else. And my life coach is kicking me in the butt about stuff because before with wanting to die and be suicidal, I never prepared for my future. Mm. So it could be something as simple oh. as starting a savings account. Like I, I don't, I don't have one of those. I'm just starting one this week because my life coach said, Hey, you need to do this. Kick me in the butt. And you know, cause you have goals you want to do and they take money to get that done. So we need to start with the first step, get you a savings account. And I'm like, what if I can only put in 25 bucks? That's not worth it. She says, yes, it is. It's yep. something. Even if it's a dollar, you're still saving it. Don't compare yourself to other people that might seem to have it all together. She goes, mm. they might drive a Bentley and have a good job, but guess what? They go home and they might be depressed. She goes, it doesn't fix everything. Stop comparing yourself. So I think that's a, that's a big battle for me. Um, I also stay in touch with my mentor. I got a mentor while I was in the program. She's a very wonderful Christian lady from my former home church that I went to. And she started volunteering with the program to help out and became my mentor. We bonded right away. She loved the little bit of my testimony that she heard and wanted to, that and drew her in to get involved. So I still meet up with her now. I think that's very important to keep her on my side. Sure. Uh, she's great to have on my side to fight for me, to put a godly perspective on stuff, um, to just help steer me in the right direction. You know, she's kind of like, a free godly therapist, so it's wonderful. <laughs> and um, I go to Celebrate Recovery. That's what we call CR. It's on Thursday nights in Auburn is the one that I go to. It's at the Cup Bear Cafe. Mm -hmm. If anyone's nearby and wants to pop in on a Thursday night, dinner starts at 530 and the service starts at 630. It's really awesome. We do a large group. Chip night is like a big party. Andy yeah. gets everyone pumped up. We play some cool Christian, like <laughs> almost like a hip hop, like rap music. <laughs> we get bumping and going and it's awesome. And then we break up into small groups with the women and the men. And those small groups, I feel like they're more vital now being out of the program than they were in the program. In the program, I was just like, this is taking up my time. I already see these people every day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now being out of the program, I crave it. I yeah, crave being sure. with them. I crave being able to share about what I got out of the testimony or the service at night, share about my week, share about my struggles. I think that is so important to have right now. 
Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, CR is, was a was a integral part of my own recovery as well, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I believe in that very much, and yeah, real grateful. So, where do you start? Like, where does where does someone start? Right when you're when you're in that pit. Uh, I mean, you. I'm, I don't want to take away from anything you said. I mean, that was, that was all great. Where does someone start when you have when you see no hope, when you see no way out? Like, what do you what do you do? What, what do you do when you're a I don't know the teenage boy, teenage girl? Like, where do you start to to get out of that? To find that hope? To find a place of it? Yeah, I think to start out, let's say you're someone that doesn't have all the resources yeah. in the community. I would start out by telling someone, especially if they're having suicidal thoughts, I would give them some tips to help not self-harm. And self-harm could even be something like an eating disorder. Uh, But I would want to help them. Um, For me, from my experience, it could be something like not cutting. Instead, I would take markers and color on myself. Oh, wow. And I would do it on my legs. And I, I wouldn't slash the markers like cuts but i would draw rainbows and butterflies and try to make something pretty out of what i felt i despise myself in those moments you know that's why we're doing it that's why you're self-harming no matter what form it is is because you got you despise yourself that you don't respect yourself Hmm. and you got no hope and you're just trying to find something to help release the pain is really what it is I would try to reach out to resources. If you're struggling and you're listening to this podcast, please reach out to this podcast. I'm sure even if you don't want to talk to me, any of these guys can help you. I would recommend actually going to church. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope you are open-minded, considering becoming a Christian, or you are a Christian. And even as Christians, we still struggle. Jesus doesn't promise an easy life for us. He even tells some of his disciples, like, hey, this is going to be hard. Guess what? Some of you are going to be martyred. Like, it's going to be difficult. Life doesn't become rainbows and sunshines just because we come to Christ. And it's still going to be a struggle. I would start out also with, if you don't have someone to talk to, um, for me, when I self-isolated, I actually listened to a lot of podcasts, which is great because here we are. <laughs> um, I would do that to distract my mind while I was mm. home alone. I would just constantly play podcasts on repeat. I'd have like 20 of them lined mm. up and I'd go through all of them and their backlogs. And I would just, you got to distract yourself when you're mm. in those dark moments. Find a book to read. Get They have adult coloring books now that you can color and do yeah. stuff. So what if you're like drawing out of the lines? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just do something. Go for a walk. Um, Maybe go for the gym. If you feel up to it to have something to care for, get a pet. I find pets to be very therapeutic. Or if you know you're not in the position to have a pet right now, go to someone that has a pet. Just visit a friend or someone that, or a shelter. Go volunteer at a shelter. And then you get, like, there's... There's, I say there's therapy and playing with dogs and kittens and, you know, just different animals. And they don't judge you. They just love you. And some of them have also been hurt by humans, too. And they need loving just like we do. Um, Those are all things that I do to help me when I'm in dark moments and don't have people to turn to. Just for the record, I... I have two cats I'm trying to get rid of. So if oh, anyone, I wish, you know, but I'm already adopting two cats. I'm sorry. Why not four? I'm, you know, I'm just throwing that out there, but whatever. You know, I know it was either six dogs or two cats. So I went with two oh cats. Oh my gosh. Cause oh my. my dog needs a dog and my dog's dog needs a dog. And that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Yeah, those are, I mean, yeah, those that's, are great. That's fantastic. I didn't great. even think about some of that stuff. Yeah. I would never even thought about some of that. Yeah, yeah. just some of the simple yeah. stuff. and like, simple. If you don't feel like eating, because I have that, I struggle with that a lot, especially during depressive episodes, I either binge eat or I don't eat. And when you binge eat, don't beat yourself up. Please don't go be bulimic. I struggled with that while I was a teenager. Uh, just try to eat something healthy for your next meal. Or if you don't feel like eating, what I do is I keep a bag of a very light protein shake and I drink that because mm. it's easier for me to drink something than it is to eat something oh, when wow. I'm in those moods. So I'll mm. drink protein shake and it might be the only thing I have for hours on end, but guess what? I got in some protein. It's something and it's healthy. Yeah, man. You've got, you've given a, a lot of great, yeah. great ideas on Yeah. Just practical, tactical, like do this now. Yeah. 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 Do this That's now, really reach out, talk to somebody. Um, and I, you've, you've become this gym rat lately, right? Yes. Uh, I've been powerlifting. Powerlifting cool. and in the gym all the time. Like what, is that something that's always been something you've enjoyed doing or is it a, another avenue to help with your mental health or? I grew up always being athletic. We did a lot of sports. Um, I did ultimate frisbee and volleyball at college. Like I was just always very active. Um, about seven years ago, I got into rock climbing and trail running and did that. And it was a lot of fun traveling around on my kid-free weekends and doing that. Um, I got into bodybuilding for a while and did a figure division bodybuilding before I relapsed. Wow. It was a lot of fun getting jacked and being stronger than the guys was very cool. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Arm me. wrestling tournament right now. Kick our butts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're both going down. <laughs> and then in the... While I was in the house, the program, my therapist asked me, what were things you used to enjoy? And part of it was nature. I'm a very outdoorsy person. I, I used to live by a state park and work at one, and I'd be out there every single day, and I absolutely wow. loved it. My kids loved it. I've carried it on into them. And then the gym, lifting, mm -hmm. I found, even if during my darkest moments, before I came to God, when I was bodybuilding, and still struggling with my suicidal thoughts. There's that peace while I was in the gym. Those few hours, maybe it was just 45 minutes, mm -hmm. where I didn't think of nothing. And I just had peace. And I lifted really heavy. And you get those endorphins. So it was a small sure. break before I went home and fell back into being depressed and suicidal. But sometimes you got to find those small breaks. Oh. And that's what gets you by to the next day. Sometimes it's the minutes that matter that get you by to the next hour. And that's okay, too. Oh. But so right now, um, my therapist, while I was in the program, asked me, why aren't you doing those now? Well, in the program, it's kind of hard to go out to nature places, but they try when it gets warmer and that's okay. But she's like, you can start working out. No, I can't. Yeah, you can get some dumbbells, look up some YouTube stuff, <laughs> lift. Like she did not take any of my excuses. Wow. So I started working out and then I started jogging three times in the mornings and, um, I, I'm not a very good runner. I do interval training. I can't run a straight mile. I'll admit that now. Some people might look at me and think I can do stuff. But dude, if I got to outrun you, I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> I can't run. <laughs> you could probably outrun me, but I, it's not something I'd be proud about. So, <laughs> But sometimes it's just do the interval stuff. It, it's actually really good if you're trying to find a, a weight loss reason. It, it burns more calories. Um, but you, you don't got to do much. And then when I graduated, the program got out on my own. Um, my boyfriend that I have now, I have a healthy uh, 
straight monogamous relationship, which is wonderful. And he's a godly man and he pushes me in the best direction possible. But uh, he's a power lifter. So he goes to the gym all the time. And he gets my butt up and going to the gym, <laughs> even on days I don't feel like it. I've only had about three days where I think my depression was really bad, the kind where I don't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. He even made me food that day and had me sit down and eat and just let me read my book in peace. And it was really nice. But he still, he gave me one day of sitting on my butt. <laughs> and then the next day I was like, no, you need to go to the gym. Come on, let's go. Because he knows that's good for my mental health personally. Sure. You get serotonin release you get endorphins release like it's good for you to go there for sure so i started going to this gym and they got their women's powerlifting meet and i only knew the lady that got me my membership but we started talking and i told her about how i was training for powerlifting now i'm getting a coach in august to train me in powerlifting so i can actually do things the right way because i i keep falling back to my bodybuilding habits because that's what i know and i was good at but so with this powerlifting, I'm looking at doing a meet in the spring, and she's like, hey, we got our women's powerlifting team. I'll get you in touch with them. And I have found the importance of finding same-sex relationships nowadays. Well, as far as platonic relationships, mm-hmm. having friends. And that's really important. Where before I just self-isolated, and now I find it really important to have female mm-hmm. friends. And it would be really awesome to have female friends with the same goals as me as far as fitness-wise goes. And that's just another outlet for me also to get to know people and share my story and share God. It's awesome. What I hear, uh, continue to hear through your, uh, through this episode anyway, is little small steps, whether it's $25 in a savings account, whether it's just grab a weight, just, just put your shoes on and get to the gym, whether it's just one, like you said, you know, about, mental health and depression, suicide ideation. Let's get through this next minute. Let's get through this next hour. Let's get through this next day as you continue to grow, right? Like that, that $25 is going to turn into a hundred dollars or $500 or a thousand dollars. If there's incremental change, same as, um, same as lifting weights, you're going to see incremental change as you do the little steps and then when it comes to mental health, suicide, ideation, like one day turns into two days, turns into three days. And as all those things grow and you grow more community, more connections, reaching out more, having, like you said, having friends in your life, having this community of people at the gym in a, in a, in a powerlifting team, having this community of mentors and people that I was connected with in in um, recovery, another group of people in a church community. Like we need people in our lives that are going to continue to help us take those incremental steps that grow into bigger things, more health, more love, more of who I think God's created us to be. And so I love hearing your story over and over. Um, I am I cannot tell you, I sit here and I look at you and I think, I, it's always amazing to me how short the period of time is. Where it was mm-hmm. like, what did yeah. you say? Like, when did you, when I, did you start coming here? I came in at the end of September. Of? Of last year. Ten, ten months. Last year? Yeah, so it's Hasn't been Hasn't even ten been months. a year? Yeah. This no, is always amazing to me. I feel yeah. like we know people so yeah. deeply because we've, we've seen you guys at 
seen you at pivotal times yeah. of life yeah. and seen so much growth in such a short period of time. And I'm just like, I just sit here and look into your eyes and go, God is so proud of you. Yeah. And, and so proud of you because you've allowed him to do what he wants to do in your life. You're grabbing hold of it and going, I, this isn't, it's not over. I didn't yeah. check the box and now I'm a Christian and I'm saved, but I want to continue to pursue you and I want to continue to pursue health and community and loving people. And now what I've received, I want to, I want to give to other people. And that's Mary Beth. I'm, I'm so jacked for you and, and so proud of you. Love Thank it. you. And yeah. I, I like the way you worded that, that God is proud of me. Yeah. I think we can all use to hear those words. I never thought of God being proud of me before yeah. you said that. Like, I know he loves me, but it's kind of cool to think of him as being proud of me. Yeah. Like we talk about that heavenly father figure, but to those of us that didn't have a good father growing up, it's hard yeah. sure. sometimes Actually, to make that connection. I would even take it a step further. I, uh, somewhere in the minor prophets, mm. right? When they're talking about Zerubbabel rebuilding the temple, it says, do not despise the days of small beginnings, mm. like those little steps. Yes. It says, because the Lord rejoices in, in, in the beginning of work, right? In the beginning <clears throat> of the process. Mm-hmm. And so not a, I, I would propose, of course, he loves you. Yeah, he's proud of you. He rejoices over mm. you, Mary Beth. Yeah. And over the steps that you've allowed him to do in your life and that you've stepped into doing yourself, he rejoices over you. He's excited. He, yes. If he has a wallet in heaven, it's full of pictures of Mary Beth. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at what she's doing. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait, you know, to meet him face. Well, I can wait a little bit longer, God. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to the day I meet him face to face and get yeah. to talk to him. And I'm really hoping to, you know, I really hope to have a conversation with God like I write to him in my letters. And we can have a one-on-one and just be buds. And I so look forward to that. That's awesome. Thank you for your time being with us today. Thank you for your vulnerability and sharing your story and and just being open about who you are and what God's done in your life. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast being here. Good. Hey, on a serious note, listener, we encourage you to take your small step. Um, if you are in a dark place, if you know someone that is, if you know someone that, someone that is, reach out. Be yeah. the initiator of a conversation of how are you doing. Uh, push it, press into that. Don't get the just fine or good answer, but press into that. Um, and if you are in that place, please, please, please connect with someone, reach out. As we talked about on the last episode, there's a new uh, national suicide hotline. All you have to do is dial 988 and talk to somebody. You can go on the website and and you can text that number. Yeah. There are so many avenues to reach out, but it does take that one small step. Um, you have value. You are worth it. God has created you for a purpose, and um, we want you to know that. And we want you to reach out and continue to pursue health. We thank you for being on with us uh, this last two episodes with Mary Beth. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hope you learned. We hope you are uh, growing as a person um, as we uh, bring these interviews and these conversations to you. We love you dearly. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Peace.
Bye.